You are listening to the Body Charge Podcast, and I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson. Welcome to the Body Charge Podcast, and our topic today is psychedelic therapy as a new mental health treatment alternative. I'm your host, Sandy Sanderson, and I am so thrilled to welcome the amazing Tanya de Jong, AM, as my guest to talk about psychedelic treatments and what her charity Mind Medicine Australia is doing. Tanya is one of Australia's most successful female entrepreneurs and innovators developing six businesses and three charities over the past three decades, including Creative Universe, Creativity Australia, and the With One Voice program, Creative Innovation Global, Mind Medicine Australia, Dimension 5, MTA Entertainment and Events, Potpourri and the Song Room. She was appointed a member of the Order of Australia and named one of the 100 Women of Influence and 100 Australian Most Influential Entrepreneurs and named as one of the 100 Most Influential People in Psychedelics Globally in 2021. Tanya has released 11 albums and her TED Talk, How Singing Together Changes the Brain, has sparked international interest. Tanya's mission is to change the world one voice at a time. Now let's lay the groundwork for this topic. In 2019 to 20, 4.4 million Australians received mental health-related prescriptions. The mental illness trend has been worsening over time, even long before COVID. Unrelenting stress is the usual trigger for what we used to call a nervous breakdown. And if we learn to take care of ourselves with good lifestyle and nutrition, including enough magnesium, we can, in most cases, avoid a major crisis and keep control. If the stress load gets too much for people, they can slide into a crisis or have PTSD symptoms, whereby they need an intervention to help get back to balance. The use of psychiatric medications may in the short term help sedate and take the edge off a meltdown, but in the long term, they can cause disastrous side effects, including diabetes and heart disease. They're also notorious for becoming addictive. Clearly, we need better options to help people recover. Tanya has a wealth of knowledge from personal experience with psychedelic assisted therapy in the Netherlands. So Tanya, can you describe for us your experiences with psychedelic therapy and why you decided to try it on yourself? <laughs> well, you know, I certainly never intended to try psychedelics or any other kind of drug pretty much in my life. I'm not a huge fan of, of Western medical drugs. I've always been um, very alternative in terms of, you know, my health and well-being. And I've always been very keen to hack my mind and my body and my spirit. Mantra and tantra and cryotherapy and myotherapy and you name it, I've tried it. Um, but I've never been interested in, in drugs. And even as a young person, I never had any drugs. Um, I don't drink alcohol and I don't even drink coffee. And so, you know, the concept of losing control and going into, into a non-ordinary state um, is something that's very foreign to me and was very foreign to me until about, um, when was it? At least five, five and a half, five and a half or so years ago. And I came across an article by Tim Ferriss where he was talking about um, the fact that he was donating $100,000 US dollars to Imperial College for 
some research into psilocybin for the treatment of depression. I had no idea what psilocybin was, but I clicked on the article and it was an article in the New York New Yorker magazine about a trial going on at New York University for patients with end of life uh, terminal diagnosis who were suffering stress and anxiety. And 80% of the, the patients in that trial went into remission. And I thought, wow, that's incredible. You know, like, and one of the, the patients who was in that trial who was profiled in this article was a Jewish man who'd been experiencing some type of intergenerational trauma around the fact that, you know, he had this Holocaust sort of trauma in his bloodline, I guess. And so I'm the daughter and granddaughter of Holocaust survivors. And I immediately resonated with this because I've never been able to be in the room or really be around any content that has to do with the Holocaust. Um, I've had to leave the room, you know, I, I, I certainly don't want to read those sort of books or anything like that. And I, from the time I guess I was about 12 years old, I was like, I couldn't believe this, this could happen. You know, that so many millions of people of one religion could be stigmatized stigmatized and ostracized in this sort of way um and so inhumanly inhumanely and the, the cruelty the tyranny I just couldn't believe it and the fact that the majority of my relatives both on my mother's side and my father's side were killed um you know it really sits heavily with me it still does sit heavily with me but you know uh just going going to to what happened next was I tried to get into some of the trials, me and my husband. Oh, I told my husband about it as well. And he, his father had committed suicide when he was 13. So for both of us, you know, we all carry trauma. I don't think there'd be anyone listening to this who doesn't carry some kind of trauma. Um, if not from their own life, then certainly some type of ancestral trauma. So there are many studies that have, and they're ongoing also, that they're researching um uh, vets veterans of previous wars such as world war one and world war two yeah. vietnam and they're finding that subsequent uh, generations that their children or the children's children are developing certain diseases yeah. or health issues in very high numbers and they're very similar types of health issues um so it really points to the fact that the the damage from the trauma can be passed on epigenetically and so my That's question right. is would are you aware of the psychedelic therapies uh, are they able to or have they shown to be able to treat traumas handed down from the fathers well, absolutely. no absolutely i mean this is one of the most profound things about these medicines and i'll come to that in one moment so effectively what happened was that um, i contacted robin carhart harris one of the leading researchers in the field to see if I could get into a trial for healthy patients at Imperial College. And of course, we couldn't, and there weren't really any healthy patients trials occurring at the time we were going to be in Europe. And so eventually we got introduced to a Dutch therapist guide and we flew overseas and we had this massive experience with psilocybin. And it was so profound, like literally blasted us out of our out of our bodies into multiple dimensions where we became everything everything became part of us we became part of everything 
this wonderful sense of connection, of gratitude, of awe, of wonder for nature, for, for humans, for, for life That's, itself. Sounds like a very loving space. Sounds like oh, how yeah. you would describe but, love. Totally. It was pure love, pure bliss. And, you know, nothing has ever looked the same again to me again. You know, like I look at a, a leaf or a flower or a raindrop or a cloud or whatever, a tree and, and or into the eyes of another human being. And nothing is the same as it was before. You realise that we really are all one and that we're all connected to one another, even though we're living in such divided times. And would you say that's a spiritual connection? Did it kind of open up a channel, if you like, to to maybe feeling like you're closer to God or or yeah, definitely. And you know, it's not. I mean, a lot of these psychedelic medicines are called the God molecule, or, or you know, variations on that. And I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that's an exaggeration. I mean, well, like it feels like you are in the presence of the divine, absolutely, and. That is very, very hearing, healing. That creates a window in which people can start to really heal with, you know, professionally trained therapists. There's a real opportunity after that sort of medicinal experience, which many people describe as one of the most five most meaningful experiences in their lives. You know, whoever says that about a medicine? And, wow. um, yeah, and so that creates this like crack of light really this this opportunity for skilled therapists to then work with people to you know revisit their trauma so that they're not re-triggered and re-traumatized so that they can move forwards with their lives and accept what has happened I am still fully aware of what happened to my family and you know and it still is devastating I, I will never forget that but I'm more able to cope with you know, if that comes up in a conversation or it appears somewhere, I'm not going to willingly go and watch a movie on the Holocaust because I don't really. You don't want, want to open to... the wound. No, it's and I just I just don't want to. Like at the moment, I'm really trying to focus on more positive uh, yeah. things as well. But you know, it's truly horrific, and it's really important we never forget these sorts of horrors because history can repeat. And, you know, we're living in very dangerous times right now. And so it's very important for all of us to be very mindful that we can think positive, but we should never forget what has happened. And even in the history of humanity, there have been so many atrocities, you know, that have been committed by humans upon other humans. And we must never forget that. Um, and it's interesting to see that, you know, ordinary good people can become evil, um, you know, and we all must guard against that. So I think there's something about these medicines that gives you enormous respect for everything that is alive. You know, I can't even step on an ant now. You know, like I save every single spider. I mean, I always was pretty good with spiders, but, you know, I'm, trying to I'm arachnophobic. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I used to be, but. My dad always used to save, you know, everything, daddy long leads, everything. So now, you know, I just, I don't feel right about killing things. You know, I don't really feel right about eating meat. In general, I avoid it. Um, and I think it, this process gives you respect for the natural world 
you know, or, our planet. Or at least suffering. We don't want any living uh, sentient too. thing to experience suffering. Yeah, but it also just helps you acknowledge that, you know, there's conscious, there's almost, you know, there's consciousness in everything, you know, like I've seen the trees breathe <laughs> when I've worked with these psychedelic medicines and, you know, and now I can, as I look at a, a tree, even when I'm not under the influence of these medicines, I can still see that. It's, so it know, reminds me to each other. That, yes. And it reminds me of the movie Avatar, how yeah, everything, all life is connected and we need right, to respect. Yeah. And of course the mycelium network is so profound, you know, fantastic fungi, that wonderful movie. I don't know if you've seen it, but we often show it for some of our mind medicine, Australia chapters and, that's an absolutely beautiful film that really shows the magical power of mushrooms, not just for healing, but for a whole range of things, ecologically. Oh, oh. And I'm going amazing. to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. You should. So, so the. Um, and you should join our Gold Coast Mind Medicine Australia chapter. Yes, I, I will. I can. So psilocybin comes from mushrooms. I believe they call it yes. colloquially so magic mushrooms. Yes. So psilocybin comes from magic mushrooms. It's the psychoactive component is a compound called psilocin. And um, the psilocin is what creates this out of body, you know, non-ordinary state, which is really a state that many researchers describe as resetting or rebooting the brain. But it's sort of like defrags the dodgy hard drive. You know, when your computer's playing up and you want to... Um, you want to get it working, but it just won't. And so then when you turn it off and then turn it on again, miraculously it's working. Re reboot. <laughs> yeah, so this is like a wonderful reboot. And in combination with, you know, a wonderful therapist, many patients who've gone through these treatments describe it as, you know, equivalent to 15 years of psychological therapy in one treatment. Wow. <laughs> and they, the yeah. other one they, that's mentioned is MDMA. Um, that's right. And so, so how MDMA, do they make that? Where's, where does that come from? So that's my in a lab. Um, so, and also it's important to say that now in the clinical trials, so there's been over 160 current and recent trials of both MDMA, psilocybin and some other psychedelic compounds. But the largest ones, the ones that have been most researched is MDMA and psilocybin um, because they have breakthrough therapy status from the Food and Drug Administration in the US because they're considered so prospective by comparison to existing treatments. I mean, like in the case of depression, only a maximum of 30 to 35% of patients experience remission from existing treatments or psychotherapy. And the side effects are, are huge, as many people will, will know. And in the case of post-traumatic stress disorder, the existing treatments only get about 5% of patients well. So the majority of patients are not getting well, whereas in these trials with thousands of patients, 60 to 80% of patients are going into remission. Oh, after wow. two to three, yeah, just after you, two to three. Usually they just go around a revolving door and they bounce back into hospital and they can't get yeah. out of the trap. It's a trap. That's right. That's right. So in these trials, psilocybin, they don't use the actual natural mushrooms. They, they have a synthesized version of you know, of the magic mushroom. So it can be controlled. That's how they control the quality and the dosage and the as well. Dose. Yeah. That's right. In the case of MDMA, it is a synthesized substance and it's an empathogen. So it's it's not a traditional psychedelic like um, psilocybin is. 
but it creates empathy. You know, it helps to really create this sense of warmth and love and a really unique therapeutic bond with a therapist. So when a patient takes MDMA with a trained therapist, they are able to revisit their trauma without it triggering the fight or flight response of the amygdala. And they're then able to revisit their trauma and resolve their trauma. And see and it objectively. Forward. Yeah. So it helps them to step outside that subjective yes. space. And as though yes. they're looking at themselves like they were someone else. And that helps them to process why something happened, how it happened. And um, when they understand it better, being led by the therapist in a professional way, they can move out of that space and into a new creative area of the brain with a better solution and improvement and just have a different life, a different kind of life, even in a sense to be someone else um, and break those old bad habits. So I re I'm so excited about what you do. I'm so excited about this research because it has so much potential, but, mm. but, but with the caution that um, it does need to be done within a therapeutic space with professional trained um, clinicians um, that know what they're doing and can lead that person in the right way uh, where it's very safe and comfortable. And Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it's important to say, you know, at the moment these these medicines are illegal in Australia, but we're working incredibly hard through Mind Medicine Australia with the TGA on the rescheduling of these substances. And we've also worked with, you know, the federal government to launch a $15 million grant, which is the largest grant of any federal government in the world, um, which will be announced soon. And, you know, there's all sorts of things that we're doing to make sure that we really focus on the data and science around these treatments and get rid of the prejudice and the stigma that has been attached to them for too long. And we do that through a range of, you know, education and awareness programs, our global webinar series. We have chapters all around Australia and New Zealand that build grassroots awareness and run events. We have a big global summit in November, which has the leading, you know, doctors and researchers and psychedelics around the world presenting at it. It's online now because of all the no borders and stuff. And we've also started the very first certificate in psychedelic assisted therapies in the Southern Hemisphere. So we have. Oh, that's good. By the end of this year, we'll have trained 100 psychiatrists, doctors, psychologists, you know, counsellors, social workers and others, nurses and so on. And next year we'll have four intakes of that. So that should be really interesting as well. And many of the therapists who are doing the training are just bowled over, you know, life-changing, the best training they've ever done. They're amazed by the faculty. But most of all, I think for many of them, it's like an opportunity to connect with like-minded, you know, professionals, but from different disciplines. Because unfortunately, the medical professional profession tends to be so siloed, you know, the psychiatrists are sort of in their bubble and psychologists and the GPs and yeah, actually just, seeing all of these professionals working together. It's really, it's inspiring. Yeah, I, I suggest we give all of the psychiatrists and the doctors a dose of psilocybin or MDMA to give them more empathy. And mm. while we're at it, how about all the politicians and, and the bureaucrats? In camera. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I like that idea. Yeah. So um, if people would like to know more about it, um, where can they find you? Where should they go first? 
So they should go to mindmedicineaustralia.org and we're a registered charity. So um, we are always welcoming support and donations. We can't do this alone. And I just want to acknowledge you, Sandy, for being one of our wonderful supplier partners. It's really important to us to have people like you that are supporting this mission. And we also have financial supporters and, you know, philanthropists and grants and foundations and others, because this is personal for every one of us. You know, if it's not us, it's someone who's close to us who's suffering. And it's recently been suggested that up to four in five Australians are now suffering with some kind of mental illness or anxiety as a result of the pandemic. So this is affecting us all and we all need to find new ways that are positive, productive. We need solutions that work, that really work. We need innovation and treatment more than ever before. We do, we Uh, do. It's, it's good to see that you're on this mission and you're so committed and so 100% enthusiastic about it. I feel the same way about magnesium. I'm motivated in the same way I, I, I do my thing to help make the world a better place. To you do create, indeed. Yeah, to create ways or strategies through nutrition where pe- people can change their body's environment, they make, can make it healthier, they can do things for themselves so we feel more empowered I think that's the key. When people feel entrapped and powerless, they get depressed. And so mental illnesses come from a feeling of not being able to get out of something or to change something and feel feel like a victim or trapped. And so through nutrition and lifestyle, and then, you know, in the more acute cases, through the use of the psychedelic therapies, we, we can have a toolbox to put together strategies that work for people that are non-addictive, that don't have toxins and chemicals that hurt you, that ha- that actually help um, help your body recover and be better, bigger and better, and um, able to, you know, do what you need to do and fulfill your mission on this planet. And and I really love the fact that. It helps people connect with their spiritual selves. I think part of the disease of humanity is um, separation from God or, yeah, or that higher power. And, mm. and you know, stopping all the fun things doesn't really help. You know, art, music, culture, getting mm. together with other like-minded people and enjoying company and hugs and kisses. And, yeah. you know, people really miss that human contact that, that is love. And when we're separated and covered and it's very oppressive psychologically for people. And I really hope we're going to see the end of this horrible situation very soon. Let us pray. (laughs) Indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Sandy. Thank you for having me. And um, please, everyone, come and visit mindmedicineaustralia.org. Join our chapters. um, Get involved. Support us in any way you can. And I promise you, that we will do everything in our power to make these incredible medicines and treatments available through the medical system and accessible and available to all Australians who need them and beyond. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you too. Let's keep forging forward and onward to create the world we want to create. Something positive. (laughs) All the best. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you, Sandy. Bye. 
The goal of the Body Charge podcast is to bring you empowering healthy lifestyle tips and information about how magnesium can help to alleviate stress and deficiency symptoms. More than ever before, we all need to be mindful of how to strengthen, support and defend our body and mind for a more rewarding and joyful life. If you enjoyed the podcast, please share with others. If you wish to be notified of new Body Charge podcasts, you can subscribe at wherever you get your podcasts. To be notified of new blogs and product special offers, please subscribe to our newsletters at electromagnesium.com.au.